0: Would subscribe to the podcast, and that way you never miss a new episode. Additionally, when you subscribe, if you could rate and review, we would really appreciate that as well. We are also on social media, both Instagram and Facebook,
1: so please give us a follow at Louisiana Ladies Podcast and Maggie. You can reach us at our email address, LouisianaLadiesPodcast at gmail.com.
0: Back with another episode of Louisiana Ladies. We have a guest sitting with us, and we are recording in his office at our office because our guest is one of our partners with Falcon Winkler, Scott Lazarone. Say hey, Thanks Scott. Thanks for having me.
2: Happy to be here.
0: <laughs> Again, Scott, just like Maggie was voluntold that she was gonna be the co host, Scott was voluntold that he was gonna be our guest today. So, um
2: But was happy to do it too. Thank you, Scott.
0: Scott and I have worked together for how long have you been here?
2: Twelve? No. Nine years? Nine years. Nine okay. years.
0: So I've been here for 12, and um, I always joke with Scott, whenever he first started working, I'll never forget when I first met him, he was in the kitchen. I think you were getting ice out of the freezer. This is very specific memory, and I was like, who hired the 12-year-old? Because he looked <laughs> 12.
2: <laughs> yes, I definitely did.
0: Needless to say, nine years into this, he doesn't look 12 anymore, and especially as a partner. <laughs>
2: Yes, and losing more hair every day.
0: So we will talk to Scott in just a second, but I kind of wanted to open up with, we are actually recording this on a Monday, which is the first time we've recorded on a Monday in a long time. And we were supposed to have really rainy weather this weekend, but it didn't rain because meteorologists, that's got to be a great job. You can be wrong. But now it's its kind of cleared up. But per usual, while we're trying to record, there's a mini hurricane going on outside, so, but I had a great weekend. What about you, Maggie? I did too. Yeah, it's beautiful.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so I've got a, I've got two stories that I wanted to share. Okay, okay. I'm sure you're really shocked <laughs> that I had a story, but I feel like um, this one story Scott will be able to at least empathize with. But the first one is that my youngest nephew, who is also my godson, Cameron. About he's four and a half. And about a month ago, he was terrified of swimming. And not, and when I say terrified, he just wasn't going to get in without a flotation device, okay? So they took him to swim lessons in the past month. And I don't know who this guy is or whoever the swim instructor is, but apparently they're like, you know, the swim whisperer. Because Cameron comes on Saturday to the river and just jumps into the pool like an Olympic swimmer. And now he won't even put on anything to help him float. The pool can be kind of deep, you know. I think it only gets to like six feet, but he's like, I don't know.
2: Less than six less feet. Less than
0: six feet. So anyway. Wow. so Oh, yeah. So he was doing like some freestyle. So how <laughs> so, many
1: lessons did it take to get him? I, I
0: don't know. The kid's a daredevil. I don't know. It's-
1: but he was nervous and now he's not.
0: Right. Like, he wouldn't take off his floaties thing. And it
1: wasn't due to any sort of, like, he didn't fall in the pool or something or I don't know. I think he was
0: scared of going underwater. I think, you know, that was probably his biggest fear. But now he literally jumped in the water. I mean, he just kept getting up, jumping in, getting up, jumping in. And then he'd swim to his mom and dad and he'd swim to me. But it was kind of like, I mean, I feel like they taught him a little bit of freestyle.
1: We've been talking about that a lot because... Aaron drowned when he was younger. Oh, geez. Like, he had to be revived and stuff. So, wow. to this day, he doesn't really love to... Like, we went swimming this weekend, but he doesn't love to get in the water. And I don't know if it's just, like, some residual just... But they try to take him to swim lessons and would have to bribe him because he was so traumatized from well drowning. Yeah, I
2: would be. I would imagine so. Now I
1: do love to, like once I got in the water and it
0: was sunny. Oh, I, I stayed in that water for like three hours on Saturday. And it was like right after
1: it, we had like a little bit of rain. Yeah, so the pool was cooled off. It
0: yeah, it was nice. It was it was nice. So um okay so that's so go Cameron. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Um so then. Saturday night, and this is a little bit hard for me to explain. If you've never been to the River House, which I would say most of the listeners haven't been to my house,
2: I haven't been to the River House. (laughs)
0: So it's at on the Diversion Canal, and it's like you know, just like any sort of camp. I mean, it's it's up, you know, basically on all the houses look like they're on a hill, and then you walk down, and you know, that's where the boat is, and that's where the river is. So, at night, it's really dark if you don't have on any floodlights, okay? There's no light. So, most of the time at night, we end up coming inside anyway because the mosquitoes and the bugs get too bad. So, we had a full house on Saturday night, you know, it was my uh, sister-in-law, brother-in-law, the three kids, and then the three dogs. They have a dog, right? And so, it's, you know, 10 o'clock on Saturday night. The dogs are kind of acting like they need to go out, so we let all the dogs out, and... Pepper and Tucker, so they're the two that are kind of mid-size, they come back. No, sorry, wrong dogs. Lulu and Tucker. Lulu is my in-law's dog. Tucker is my adopted dog. They come back inside, and we kind of look up, and we're like, where's Pepper? Okay, so Pepper is a miniature schnauzer. She's about 16 or 17 pounds, and she is like Houdini. She will, in two seconds, she will somehow finagle or, you know, get her way through a fence, right? And then she just kind of explores. Never really goes far. So, can't see anything. So, you know, I'm like, I'm aggravated because I'm like, this would be easier if the damn dog just came whenever I called her name. You know, like, Pepper. Come on, Pepper. Like a dog should listen, Like a dog. But she's 12. I've already said this. She's She's Queen Bee. She's like, I don't care what you think. So, I'm like, she probably went to the neighbor. So, now we've got everybody out there, you know, with flashlight just looking for her. Should have had your headlight. Should have had a headlight think I need to get one. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna so I'm walking, I'm walking down the steps and for some reason I see something in the river. I am not looking in the river. I just am kind of walking down the steps and I see eyes and I'm like, is that pepper or is that a rat? So I'm like, you know, I just one of the boys, I'm like, come see with your flashlight. The dog had fell into the river. Never in the 12 years that we have gone to this river house, she's never gotten close to the river. She also fell in the pool earlier that day, so she's probably has some PTSD. And she's literally like, y'all can't see me, but I, I didn't even know if she could swim. I shine a flashlight on her, and she's around the boat, and she's just paddling around, okay? And I'm like, what are you doing, doll? So, which is kind of scary because there's alligators and right. like, all kinds of things like she's she just could a have been snack she could have been dinner okay <laughs> so I pull her up and then she just starts shaking. I mean just shaking, shaking so um, me and Patrick were a little traumatized because if I wouldn't have happened to look in the river I mean I don't know how long a dog I don't think she could have swam all night. I don't really know what how long do you happened.
1: think she was out there
0: <sighs> Maggie was one of those you know. Day drinking days, so it could have been 10 minutes. It wasn't more. It so wasn't. So they get
2: the fresh doggy paddle.
0: Right. I know that. <laughs> but still, I wasn't really. She, I've never seen her actually do it before. Like, she doesn't yeah. jump in the pool. Right. And when she fell in the pool earlier, because Lulu pushed her in the pool, she immediately freaked out. But it was like, it was almost like she wasn't really that freaked out. She was just, you know, instinct kicked in and she just needed to try to find her way out Poor thing. It cracks me up That's when, you,
2: amazing. when you pull the dog's Probably out of necessity more so than out of wanting to be in the water, but they'll figure it out if they have to.
0: So what I think happened is because the dog does not, I mean, she'll take a bath, like I'll put her in the tub, you know, and and, and she's not, she doesn't love it, but she doesn't get, you know, um, kick up a fuss. I think what happened is because it was so dark and because she's getting old, she probably went to go sniff at something or she might have seen a reflection in the river and literally just fell into the river. So, she probably fell in and went under, I would think, and popped back up. Oh, yeah. Poor I mean, okay. dog. I mean, come on. That's, that's I'm scary. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. Patrick told me he couldn't sleep that night, you know, because Pepper's been around us for a long time. But um, I think she has nine lives Remember she was I don't know if any I ever told this story, she was also hit by a car when I she was a that. year old. Survived two thousand dollars later. She was she was fine. Um so yeah, I'm like this
1: dog. Yeah. It was it was kinda scary. It cracks me up when you pull the dogs out of the water and they're little pat like they're little if they're above the water They're still paddling. Yeah, they're still bad Yeah. <laughs> they're like slow paddle. Yeah. Just yeah. in case you put me back in. Well, and the river
0: was actually a little bit higher from all the rain, which so I didn't. If it would have been a little bit lower, I might have would have had to physically get into the river to get her. Or I guess I could have taken like the pool thing and probably scooped her out. I mean, she's only fifteen pounds. Now, if it would have been Tucker or Lily, my German Shepherd, you know that would have been a little bit more. Or Saint, Saint is big.
2: Yeah, Scott's definitely couldn't. Definitely couldn't pick him up with a, a pool skimmer, yeah. by how any means. How much does Saint weigh? 75 pounds.
0: Yeah, that's about what Lily weighs. But I don't think
2: he's ever swam. We've tried to get him to swim in, in Morgan's parents' pool, and he'll go one step to about right here on his leg, and he's happy there, not going to go any further, which is fine with me because if he were to get in the pool, can you imagine his hair and the that hair. project yeah. would look like yeah, after him? Yeah, right, so. right. Fine Just, with
0: me. I, I don't know if dogs, maybe dogs don't like water
1: or do some like water? Some do, I think. No,
2: generally labs do. I'm surprised he doesn't, I'm surprised he doesn't like it more with the retriever in him. but I've also had labs that can't swim and have had to have been rescued because they're swimming along and they get too vertical and they end up just slapping the water and not going anywhere. Yeah. So, you know, I've seen that too. <laughs>
0: so when we went to the beach, you know, we took the dogs and we took them to the beach and I was thinking that they would for sure like to go into like, at least like paddle or, you know, get into the waves a little bit. And not, not interested. Not interested. They were so uninterested in the beach that me and Patrick were like, we took you here.
2: <laughs> it's yeah. like unappreciative children. Here, all I it. appreciate
0: it. So anyway, um, I don't know if anybody else has anything exciting that happened for their weekend.
1: No. Not like that. Yeah. It was, was kind of scary. I'm not going to lie. Oh, I'm scared for Pepper. I'm think, I was thinking you were going to say it was an alligator. I'm like, oh. uh, I mean, she really could have been... Because alligators are fast in water and on land, which I didn't know, and I could have done better not knowing that.
0: Yeah. They I mean, can, we, we don't ever get, really get into fast. the river right in front of the house. I, I think I might have seen an alligator once. So, I mean, the likelihood of that. Right. They don't like anyway, people. But, you know, like Patrick, Patrick was really, he told me yesterday, he was like, I really just didn't sleep well. well yeah, because
2: you have that what if. In what, if? Mind. Like, what if. Like, what if you wouldn't have gone down there and looked in the water and seen two eyes in their reflection? I mean, poor pepper.
0: (laughs) Poor pepper. (laughs) may not be here (laughs) today. Poor pepper. Yeah, I don't need to go through that again. So, um, oh, you know what, Lainey? Do we have a word of the episode? Word of the episode. Word up. Well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to Google word of the day. And that is the word that we're going to use. And it is, do, do, do. A word, of course, I can't pronounce.
1: (laughs) They're so hard.
0: In Vigel. I-N-V-E-I-G-L-E. Okay. To win over by wiles, entice. To acquire by ingenuity or flattery. So it refers to the act of using clever talk, trickery, or flattery, either to persuade somebody to do something or to obtain something. Hmm. Again, I feel like we had a word similar to this. Where It sounds like you're, like, sucking up. Yeah. A lot of these words, I feel like, really describe me. Like, I've used that strategy before.
2: Yeah most people do. Who doesn't? Yeah.
0: Schmoozing. Yeah, schmoozing. All right. Well, so that's our word of the episode. This is why we stopped recording on Mondays. <laughs> Monday is normally when I do the prep. Um. Okay. So the proud of myself moment. I'm I'm, I'm rolling. See, I th- put a lot of thought into this yesterday. The proud of myself moment. Are you ready? I have used my planner for the entire year. One planner. I didn't go buy like multiple planners throughout the year. Like I'm I'm literally almost out of paper in my planner.
1: That's a that's a big deal for you.
0: That is a big deal. Are you?
2: You can have a first six month planner and a second six month planner. If well, you're I buy up. the
0: I buy these school year planners, like the calendar, the school calendar year.
1: Are you rebuying it?
0: No, I I have the Day Designer one from Target that I haven't that I have been anxiously waiting until July so that I can start using that planner.
2: So what's the thought process besides a planner that follows the school calendar? Is okay. it just still the teacher in you that can't let it go? Or? Well,
0: no, I just like to write things down and check them off. And I like to have my calendar, like I write down all my appointments. And then sometimes I look at that and I'm like, yes, I will not get this these tasks done today because there's actually no time in there to do that. And then I will move them to the next day.
2: So it's more of the structure than the calendar itself. Right, because I'm a very structured individual and organized.
0: But what I have a tendency to do is I have a tendency to buy a planner, get sick of it, and then decide to find another planner because I'm like, this planner is not making me organized and I don't have my shit together and it's clearly the planner. making you feel bad about (laughs)
2: yourself, so it's the planner's fault. It's the planner's fault. So normally I'll
0: buy, I'll do like two within a year, you know, and then I feel wasteful. But this one I've used. It's. The Emily Lay Simplified Planner. Recommend it to anyone. It's just a little expensive. Does Morgan use a planner?
2: I don't think she does. Oh,
0: okay.
2: I, I could be wrong, though. I, I don't quote me on that. She probably does use a planner at some point. I'm, I know she has various lists you know, for groceries, things to do. So if I had to guess, she probably does use some sort of planner to make sure she stays organized for work.
1: Yeah, or like go to things that you're supposed to go to. <laughs> I don't know how... All, I keep all my like personal stuff on my phone. Well yeah, I mean that's still um, a planner.
2: But Well she she all well she she keeps a calendar on the refrigerator for just things we have to go to in our personal lives. Mm-hmm. And um, there's there's several instances where I'll say, Well, I didn't know we had that going on and she'll say, Well, it's been on the calendar that you sit there and you stare at the calendar on the refrigerator, <laughs> why do you eat dinner every night? So how did you not know we have that? I said, You didn't mention it. That's because it's on the calendar. Should've you should look looked at the calendar <laughs> Well, sometimes, you know, we're five, six days into the month before you even update it, so oh, <laughs> I, I don't necessarily look to make sure that, you know, we're in the right month and what's been updated and what hasn't, but maybe we're, I should.
0: We're not going to talk about some of the advice that I've given Scott as a newly married person. Like, just go within. don't say things like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And
2: I'm learning, but it's, it's still a learning process. So.
0: Unfortunately, Scott and I, I feel like we're a lot alike.
2: Yes, I think so.
0: And, and what's funny is we feel like our spouses are a lot of like each other too. So
2: yeah, and they're probably gonna look at this and be like, "What do you mean?" Yeah, the problematic thing is is I know in my case I think I'm always right, so um, I don't like losing. I don't like losing arguments. I try to justify myself. Uh, she says I mansplain things to her things that are obviously clear, but I keep going and going and going to get my point across. And but. I am always right. And the sooner that somebody can realize that, the
0: better off our relationship is.
2: See, that's the thing. See, I just think I'll, I'm, I'm always right. I know uh, in most cases I'm probably wrong, at least whenever it comes to things like, you know, did I already do this? Who should have done this? That's where, you know, I, I'll come up with all kinds of logic on why <laughs> I was right. And then eventually I'll just keep digging myself deeper and have to concede.
0: Almost sounds like you should have been an attorney.
2: Yeah, I've actually thought about that several times. I've 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 been told that. My dad told me that. He said, I think I'm always right. I love to argue and I'm an asshole, so I should have been an attorney, <laughs> is what my dad told me at one point. And I've actually, you know, you watch all of these movies. There's never any cool movies about a CPA Mm-mm. and how the CPA is is this really cool guy, but there's a bunch of cool movies about a cool attorney, you know, mm-hmm. Lincoln Lawyer with Matthew McConaughey. I mean, how cool is he in that movie? But there's no cool movie about a CPA. Finally, they had one a couple of years ago, The Accountant. Yes. Uh-huh. And I forget who even played The Accountant. Um, God, what, what's his name? I thought it was
0: Ben somebody.
2: It was. It was Ben Affleck. Yeah, He's yeah. Right. He's first, like super First time genius. there's ever been a movie where an accountant was cool. So The, the Attorney, you know, it obviously has a lot more... Uh, prestige and it's more flashy and you can be cooler. So I, I thought about it at times, but here I am.
0: Yeah. So that's what we're going to talk about. Here you oh. are. All right. <laughs> so Scott, t- tell the audience where you're from.
2: Alexandria, Louisiana. Where not, Melissa? not from Shreveport like <laughs> Melissa thinks I am after any longer holiday <laughs> weekend or Christmas or Thanksgiving, oh, did you go to Shreveport? No, I went to Alexandria. I've known you for nine years, and I think I've told you that after every holiday.
0: <laughs> it is like in my brain that the dude is from I, Shreveport. I
2: went, to, I went to Alexandria, not Shreveport. I'm from Alexandria. Went to uh, Menard, uh, Menard High School, which is a private Catholic school in Alexandria. Um, graduated in 2006 and moved down to Baton Rouge to go to LSU and never went home.
0: Okay. So, um, okay. So then you started. Well, so, do you have anything exciting about your childhood that was kind of fun?
2: Not really. Uh, was I was a middle child of three boys. Oh. Um, Explains the argumentative approach. Yes, exactly. Uh, so I have an older brother and a younger brother. Um, all within we're all within five years of one another. So really close with my brothers and and their friends. So we kind of had one large friend group even going growing up through high school through college but really it was just sort of a a typical non-eventful childhood obviously played sports you know like like most kids do but really nothing special or exciting that would be of, of special interest to the listeners
0: did you excel in school
2: I, I made good grades. I made good grades. I made A's and B's generally, but I was never the genius. I wasn't the valedictorian, nor was I probably in the top twenty or thirty. I, I went to a small high school, so I, my graduating class was only ninety people. Mm. And I would say if if I was in the top third, that would have been a surprise. I was somewhere probably in the middle, A's and B's, but not much better than that. I was definitely in the top third. <clears throat> Yeah, so maybe you're smarter than me, but I also went to school with a really lot of a lot of smart people. I also, at times, uh, towards the end of my high school career, I became very uh, uninterested in the education side of things and more interested in my free time and things like that. For example, I didn't, I elected not to take any AP mm-hmm. courses in high school. You know, was somewhat maybe some of the underachiever in me that why well, take AP courses when I can have Free office assistant that hour, my senior year, you know. Um, <laughs> so academically, I was good, but I wasn't anything special by by any means.
0: Okay, so then you come to Baton Rouge, and you you decided to go to LSU, and you knew when you started LSU that you were going to major in accounting.
2: No, I actually started out as a finance major. Okay, um, and at one point, I can remember being probably early high school. And at the time, um, my dad worked for Clico up in Alexandria, and at the time, his role with them, I wasn't really sure what he did except for he went to the office every day and he seemed to play golf every Friday afternoon. And I said, I don't, really, I don't really know what I want to do. I just want some job where I go to the office and I get to sneak out and play golf on Fridays. And finance, for whatever reason, um, is what I landed on. Again, maybe... I don't know if the finance, I guess you you kind of have the Wall Street guys, maybe it's more appealing and, and a little flashier than accounting. So I actually started out in finance, and it wasn't until I got to my second or third finance course, and it was really just kicking my ass, and I was having a hard time passing it, and I had already taken some of the core accounting courses. So at that point, accounting majors and finance majors had really taken primarily the same curriculum. I was doing really well in my accounting courses and not in my finance courses. So I said, well, I'll, get, I'll, go, I'll go ahead and switch. Nothing's lost. Yeah. That's how I ended up in accounting major.
0: Yeah, and I do just find that, I mean, I said this before, accounting in general does not have the most exciting reputation.
2: It does not, by
0: Nor, any And an accountants... The stereotype of what an accountant is and their personality. I mean, because we like to crunch numbers and look at Excel files. Yeah,
2: and in most cases, rightfully so. Yeah,
0: I mean, you know, we're nerdy. the
2: The, the stereotype of an accountant is probably a pretty accurate stereotype. Except for the
0: accountants at Falcon Winkler, always tell so. people, "Y'all should, you think we're boring? Come to our Christmas
2: party." Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe not the Christmas party. Maybe you know the crawfish will somewhere in the middle. Yeah. there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I, and I think that's one of the things I've always enjoyed about Falcon and Winkler is that, yes, we are accountants. Yes, we love number crunching. We love Excel sheets. But there seems to be more personality here than some of the accountants you know, out on the street. Somebody asked me not long ago, did I have any accountant friends uh, that they could recommend for a certain position? I said, no, I don't hang out with accountants for fun on weekends. <laughs> <laughs> I only hang out with the accountants I already know. And I already work with them. So, no, I don't have any accountants that I can necessarily recommend to you.
0: Okay. That's a very honest
2: <laughs> answer, Scott.
0: All right. So, hold on. Let me back up. So, this is going to be great, though, because I feel like this is also a little bit of PR for Falk and Winkler. Um, so, how did you, you – did you start – this is so sad I'm asking you this. Did you start as an intern or were you full time entry level?
2: I was full time entry level. Okay, so
0: how did you get hooked up with Falcon Winkler?
2: I actually at the time at the time my brother, my older brother was in the golf business and worked with Deborah, who is a manager in our CAS department. At the time my older brother worked with Deborah's husband. And I was in need of a job and they were having a conversation and he said, Hey, my wife works for a CPA firm. I'm sure she'll take his resume. So my brother came home at the time. We were still living together. We were both single. We lived together all through college and we had both, uh, were just still just graduating college and starting our careers. And he said, Hey, this guy I work with, his wife works at Falcon Winkler. Have you ever heard of him? I said, yeah, I've heard of him. She, he said, well, do you want to give me your resume and I'll pass it along? I said, yeah, sure, why not? And then I came and I interviewed with Tommy. It was, it was the first person I actually interviewed. I with. actually interviewed with Tommy, too. And um, too. probably did not go very well. You know, in hindsight, looking, looking back, uh, you know, now being involved in actually interviewing people, you know what an interviewer is looking for people to say, and I probably... I probably said all of the wrong things, but it worked out. But
0: you were like 23. Uh, 20,
2: 22. 22.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I was 28 when I interviewed with Tommy and you would think I would have a little bit better interviewing skills. And I just remember he kept asking me what I wanted to do. And I was like, I don't know. That's why, that's what I'm trying to figure out. I just need a job. That this, These were my answers. To no, Tommy. and that was,
2: I think that was very much my attitude I, I don't care where you put me, just give me a job. That that's really all I was interested in at the yeah. time. Yeah.
0: I mean, I was like I will make coffee and do whatever you need me to do, but I am about to jump ship from my current salaried teaching position and go back to school, you know. And so he was kind of like
2: okay. <laughs> It was terrible interview. Which is totally opposite of kids coming out of college now. They seem to know whether they want to do tax or audit or whatever it is. And in in some cases, I'm kind of like, well, how do you really know that's what you want to do to work? Because when I was coming out of school, number one, I didn't know. And number two, I didn't care. I just wanted a job. Mm -hmm. I just wanted a start. It was really all I was looking for.
1: So when you're interviewing people, do you rather them say they have a preference or...
2: No, I'm, I'm totally fine with somebody say, saying they have a pre- preference. I'll normally follow it up with why is that. You know, and, and a lot of times, you know, I think the perception of what is tax like in school versus what tax is like in real life versus what is audit like in school versus what is audit like in real life is not in line with the actuality. But a lot of times they'll have reasoning that may be personality driven that you can say, okay, that makes sense as opposed to the actual role itself. It kind of gives you some insight into their personality and what I they gotcha. like.
0: I wouldn't yes. say it's a negative if somebody doesn't necessarily know what they want to do. I mean, I think I, I hire more for, um, I, I like people that say that they want to be challenged, that they don't mind a certain level of intensity. You know, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of more along the attitude.
2: Got yeah, a good attitude. I, I don't think there's skills. necessarily a right answer in regards to that. It's, it's just, it's more about the follow up, I think.
0: Okay, so you have a horrible interview with Tommy, and we offer you a job.
2: <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and, and maybe out of necessity more so than out of uh, desire. But yeah, I started an audit actually at the time. Um, so I started in January, right at the kickoff of busy season. And didn't really know what I was doing. And, and similar to, to what Jacob said the other day is, you know, my training was here's a laptop and go out to this client and start working on the audit. And, and it was sort of scary, but it worked out.
0: Yeah. So Jacob's uh, an audit partner with the firm. So um, I don't know if I've talked about this on this podcast, but one of the things that we do for incoming or pretty much everybody that we interview is the Wonderlic and peace, is it PCI test.
2: Personality Personality PCTI, maybe? Personality Characteristics and Traits Inventory, something like that.
0: Okay, some sort of personality inventory It's a personality test,
2: test, yes.
0: So, I didn't have to take the Wonderlic because it was not around. I think it was like we decided to do that a couple of years after I started. I did finally take the Wonderlic about six or seven years ago. So, the Wonderlic, I don't even really remember that test. How would you describe it? Mm,
1: It's like a couple... Like word problems, mm-hmm. and it's like an IQ test. Yeah, it's similar to an so. IQ
2: test. I think, yeah, I would phrase it. If people have asked me think of a math test when you're in sixth grade and you have mm-hmm. word problems and you have to reason through them. There's several, It's, it's sort of math word problem related, mm-hmm. I would say, if I had to. Liken it to something. Yeah,
0: I say logi- I feel like it's <laughs> logistical reasoning to a certain extent. I like can, you can't really study for the leg, You know, it's not like we give somebody a study guide. No, and
2: you absolutely it. cannot study for it, and it's certainly nothing you need with a calculator. I think they do. We do give. We did get a pen and pad. There may be some instances where you needed to jot mm-hmm. down a few things, but no, it's it's not anything overly complex. It's more. I think reasoning and thinking quickly kind of on the spot because it is a timed exam, if it's, I recall. Yeah,
0: it's timed. I think it's what, like less than 20 minutes? Took Six, somewhere in 20 minutes. I, was, I took it kind
1: of recently because I didn't have to take it. <laughs> I was in 12 minutes. What would you yeah. get, Lane? Uh, like a 27 or something. That's, That's pretty a good. good. That's what I got. Uh, That's
0: what I got. <laughs> Um, so I, you know, I think sometimes it can be a little intimidating, especially for somebody, you know, I, as I think back to, you know, my 22 year old self, if I just sit there and take this test, I'd be a little intimidated, but, um, on... it's super intimidating. You were intimidated?
1: Yeah. And then you, you get like a take home version yeah. of it too, but then you have to take it in the office. Yeah, I right. think
0: the take home version is to just give you an idea of what you're gonna be taking in the office. Yeah. Right. Normally people actually I think they do a little bit better on that take home version. I don't think it's necessarily quite as difficult. So it's a confidence booster, if you will.
2: And I think now we're we're only using the in office. Or no, uh, only using a take home. We only use one now.
0: Oh, okay. Well, you know There's only one take-home. I've had a stable team for four years, so I haven't had to actually <laughs> give anybody the Wonder Lick. Um, all right, so do you remember your Wonder Lick score?
2: I do not. No. Oh. Okay. I know we looked it up at one point. I think I was in the high 20s, so.
0: Yeah, I just want to know if you did better than me.
2: <laughs> we can, we can, look, look, it we he can look it did. up. You probably did.
0: Scott also passed the CPA exam on the first try. We'll get to that in a second. So, but I do want to talk about your personality test, all right? So, I was telling this story to somebody the other day. And if, if you can't figure out, Scott and I have a uh, healthy banter.
2: Honest. Honest uh, banter. We others, call, call others each other out. No yeah, fault.
0: others have described our relationship as siblings. So I think it's probably pretty accurate. But I've said this before. I feel like all of my partners are like brothers that basically pick on me all the time. So, so Scott and I, we, I think we were going through, this was a couple of years ago. And we were trying to find some really good people, you know, that would fit within our service culture, just fit within our culture. And, you know, most of the time when somebody's graduating in accounting, the skill set's typically typically going to be there. And so Scott's like, I know, Melissa, let's pull some of the personality inventory tests for people that have been at the firm for a long time, you know, that have ended up taking it, that have had success, that have grown. Well, so one of them that we decided to pull was Scott because <laughs> we were like, you're successful. I don't know if you're a partner at this point. And he comes into my office and he's like why did y'all hire me, okay? I think he scored, so the personality inventory is a score of, you know, zero to 100 on certain, like, I think it's like agreeableness, maybe assertiveness, you know, certain traits, right? Correct. So, you know, there's, and it's kind of funny. If if somebody's too agreeable, there's always a pro and a con, right? It's like, but this person might never speak up, you know? And so, but Scott was a zero on a couple of, uh, on a couple of them. I mean, like, or a one,
2: yeah, maybe, I think it was some subscales. It wasn't on any of the scales I was a zero, but there's subscales within each scale, and I don't recall what they were, but yeah, some of the some of the results were alarming, to say the least. So
0: that blew our whole hypothesis.
2: Well, we tried to say maybe I'm an outlier and threw that one out and, and <laughs> say, okay, well, forget Scott. Let's look at some of the other people. And there wasn't a whole lot of similarity, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was kind of surprising that... People who have success and the people that you deem successful in some cases while their their personality inventory test was kind of right on line with how we saw them and or viewed them, in other cases it was kind of like, that doesn't seem right to me. And that that was the case for some of mine. I mean, I think it said it it said my agreeableness was very was my agreeableness very high think, or low? I
0: think it was low or the I think it was more of the cooperative trait.
2: Yes, but I am cooperative. I mean, I'm, I'm very cooperative in most cases. Well, I guess it depends on your definition of cooperative.
0: <laughs> anyway, and then the Wonderlic is actually scored, to me, it's a similar score along the lines of the ACT. So if you get in the 30s, like, wow, you're knocking it out of the park, you know. And so they, all, I, I do believe that pro or the NFL uses the Wonderlick
2: they use the Wonder League. I don't know if it's the same questions, but it's the same company, I guess, that develops the test. So I think Wonder League may develop different tests based on your industry or based on whatever you're looking to test for, but I could be wrong. But yes, the Wonder League, is, the Wonder League score is always a hot topic amongst the NFL draft picks. So, well, that guy, he only made a 12 on his Wonder League. We might want to stay away from him.
0: Yeah. So we have kind of a threshold, but anyway, that we just kind of nerded out on that. So you come in out of necessity or something, look. And when do you start taking the CPA exam?
2: So I started in January and I obviously I was I started an audit. and audit season, if you will sort of follows tax season that you, you know you have audits that have to get done before tax returns can get done. So our period was very intense from January through April 15th, similar. Uh, to the tax department. So I elected not to even attempt it during January from when I started through April 15th. I think I got through April 15th we had our annual Friday off after tax season and crawfish boil which is always a good time and I think I said I'm going to enjoy this weekend and starting the following Monday I'll start studying for the exam uh, with the idea that I will study intensely and have not much of a social life, but I'll get it done quickly and be able to move on.
0: At this point, were you single?
2: I was. Okay. I was, and it took, a and it, and it was difficult to instill that discipline to do that. To study. To study.
0: Yes. If anybody's listening and they're taking the CPA exam, it just sucks.
2: Yes, and I think I think I was actually at an advantage being single because while. While I still had the temptation of going out with friends on weekends, keep in mind I'm still 22, 23, so I still had the temptation of going out with friends, going to the bar, going out to eat, whatever it may be. I didn't have anybody that I was living with. I didn't have a pet, I didn't have a son, I didn't have a wife, a girlfriend, or anything like that. That was a distraction. And I don't necessarily say distraction in a bad way, but the, the reality of it is if you when you have those, mm-hmm. a spouse or a pet, I mean, it's other responsibilities that whether you like it or not take away from your time. So it was really more of a, I just had to have the internal discipline rather than I had other responsibilities.
0: Yeah. I always kind of joke that, but I think I'm, I think I'm, I think this is true I think that Patrick was more excited when I passed the CPA exam than I was. Yes, you know? I could see that. I could see that. He's like, She's back and then maybe yeah. after six months she was like, Oh, can you go study again? No, I'm just kidding. Love you, Patrick. But he really was like super excited and that was a that was a great moment. Okay, so you pass you're one of the ten percent of people or whatever it is that passes the all four parts on the first try. Is that right?
2: I did pass all four on the first try, I didn't know what the percentage was. But I yes, feel like, I, I mean,
0: yeah. don't go fact check me, but something like that. I did. So did you score really high or did you get to score just enough?
2: Uh, I scored really high on audit. I, that was the only one I got in the 90s on. And I sort of purposefully elected to take that one last because I was working in audit. I said, well, if I'm working in audit, If I'm halfway doing the right thing, I ought to get some good real-world experience that should help me on the exam. So I did audit last, and that was the only one I got in the 90s. I think um, the other two, I was somewhere in the mid-80s and uh, far, I think, which is... The most material, yeah, that's the financial one. Is I was um, 77 or 78.
0: So days, I'm gonna go on the record and say this, but on BC, which is the economics and whatever the other crap they put on that test, which was terrible. I uh, I finished it in two hours and you had three to take it, and I was just like, I'm taking it, and I'm like, I am done, I do not want to look at this test anymore. I made a 75. Which is exactly what you needed to pass.
2: Exactly. So, you studied just the right amount.
0: Very efficient. Yes. So, um, that score is not on my CPA license.
2: Exactly. Um, I only
0: failed one section. I failed audit, and when I retook it, I did get an 87 on it. So... Um, and the only reason why I'm saying that is because when I checked the score, so you go, you have to go through this process to check the score and the, the website always, I don't know if it still does this Maggie, crashes. Like, it crashes because mm-hmm. everybody's trying to check their score, you know, they're being released. And so it was like teeny tiny on my phone. I'm like, and oh, and it was the day, but be- I needed to pass this to pass the exam. It was the day before my 30th birthday. And I knew that I was going to get the score. And I'm like, this is either going to be a great 30th birthday, or it's going to be devastating, right? Because you really do feel very devastated. So I was on the couch in like our old, old house and I look at it and it looked, the score is so small on my phone when it finally pops up, the eight looked like a six.
1: Oh no. And I was oh. like,
0: oh my God. And then I went, I like, you know, made it bigger and I literally jumped on Patrick, like literally proceeded to jump on him. And he was like, what's going on? You know? And so it's just a very, uh, you know, it's a. For me to be able to remember that, which was ten years ago, it's a very exciting moment.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think everybody. I can remember, and they never seem to release the scores. At least when I took it, not at noon or no, no, it was PM, like midnight. At midnight, so I can remember waking up in the middle of the night, two, three o'clock in the morning, and say, I'll go, "I'll go online and check my score." And I'm kind of thinking to myself, "Do I even really want to do this?" Because, you know, if I if I check it and I passed it, I may be excited and not be able to go back to sleep. And if I failed it, I'm going to be pissed off and not be able to go back to sleep. So should I even do this? Uh, but luckily it, it worked out. I did not sleep a wink
0: the night that I found out I passed that exam. I just did. To me, I was like, I really cannot believe I actually did that truthfully. Not trying to toot my own horn, but it is, I mean, it's, inti- it's an intimidating test.
1: It's awful. It's awful.
0: Yeah. All right. So you passed the CPA exam. You're still working in audit. Um, so what was the course of your career from there?
2: I worked in, I mean, I just worked in audit, I guess, so that was, started, that was late 2012, and I, I worked in audit full-time, pretty much exclusively, only doing audit work the next seven or eight years of my career, and then we had several clients who opted, who would have internal accounting issues, and our the department that I manage now, Client Accounting Services, is outsourced accounting for our clients, so... Clients can outsource any of their accounting functions from bookkeeping, processing, monthly financial statement, preparation, budgeting, whatever it may be. So we had several audit clients that I was involved with who, because of their own internal accounting staffing issues, were looking for accounting help and they would turn to our firm. Well, because of independence issues, we can't do the accounting and do the audit. So I would stay involved with those clients just because of my knowledge through working on their audit and how they did things. And then that that's how I got my start doing the outsourced accounting and consulting work, that it was former audit clients who turned to our firm and, and me indirectly because of my experience with them for help with their accounting solutions. So it was just sort of a natural progression that I was working in audit and out of necessity, I started doing more outsourced accounting and consulting work and then I believe it was 2018 where uh, I had the opportunity to move over to client accounting service full time.
0: So, do you prefer client accounting over audit?
2: I do in most cases, but I would say audit still, audit audits can still be fun at the, at the right time. I think the thing I don't the, the thing I don't enjoy audit teaches you so much it and it allows you to see so many different businesses in so many different industries. All, all in a short amount of time. So you may be at a for-profit construction client one week where, where you're at a non-profit client the next week where you're at a governmental entity the following week where you're auditing 401k plans. So I think audit, the, the thing I loved about audit is it allows you to see a lot in a short amount of time and it really enhances your overall knowledge about just how businesses operate. And I truly think it, it positions you better To be successful in an outsourcing accounting role because you haven't just worked at one company and done things the way one company has done them you know as an audit you're forced you're required to understand how companies process financial information and what their processes and procedures are so you've seen it done so many ways i think it allows you uh, to think outside the box and have more ideas and just a, a wider array of experiences to pull from to make recommendations to your clients.
0: Yeah, and I, I i can see that. And one of the things that I feel like whenever I first started working here, it took a while to figure out is just that, you know, accountants in the stereotype is like, okay, I'm just going to sit in this room. I'm going to audit this client, you know, and I'm going to run through this process and procedures and, you know, a checklist or whatever. And it's just so much more than that. It's hard to explain that to people that, We really have to know, even on the 401k side, like we really have to have a business acumen about what we're doing, you know, to be able to consult with clients.
2: Right. And I think and I think to me, even when people ask me what I do right now, you know, generally you tell somebody you're a CPA and I'm sure I'm sure uh, Melissa and Maggie, you all experience this in the TPA retirement plan world. When you tell somebody you're a CPA, they go to, well, do you do audit or do you do tax? Mm-hmm. And that's that's the question you get. Nobody's really that aware of client accounting services. It's starting to become more talked about within the profession that how do CPAs make the shift from being this compliance-oriented person where you're either doing a tax return or you're doing an audit to becoming the trusted advisor where your clients are reaching out to you for any and all of their business issues or questions and I think it's the same probably in the TPA world that it, do you do auditor tax? They don't even realize that that's a service offered within a CPA firm and what it really means. So I think to that degree it's somewhat challenging because there's almost some education involved with even potential clients on what does this look like yeah. and what do we really do and what can we offer your company that it. it again it's totally different than auditor tax but it's also very rewarding once you do become ingrained and you have clients saying I'm thinking about buying a company tell me what you think you help me come up with yes. a value for the company what do I need to cash flow this how should I finance it it becomes a lot more than I'm just doing a tax return and, and here's your bill to the IRS by the way right. they they seem to value a little bit more in that in that role
0: well bert falk always says that it's a people business and that's just takes a while for it took a while for me to understand that because when i first started i'm just trying to make sure i don't screw everything up in our system you know but that really is what it, because the majority of people don't really understand what we're doing the, uh, the auditors here okay hope they don't find anything wrong exactly, you know or exactly. you know this this person's helping with our financial statements but it's just bigger there's a bigger Uh,
2: piece of it. Yeah. And and I would say it's even a learning curve for some of our own staff. You know, our clients will reach out to us with some sort of insurance application form. Hey, can you take care of this for me? And it's kind of like, this isn't, we're not insurance people. Why why are they asking me to do their insurance application form? So training our staff to say, okay, yeah, we, we don't need to cross the boundary of what is our role and what is not our role, but the fact that the client thinks There's about something us to, be said
0: for that. to yes. reach
2: out to us to handle that, that's, that's a good thing. So I'll, I'll take that issue if that's what you want to call it yeah. any day.
0: We get asked very, especially because a lot of people associate retirement plans with general benefits Mm -hmm. okay health insurance I do not want to touch that I don't want to know I don't want to determine if your welfare health insurance plan is subject to ERISA or not but we typically are we are you know they reach out to us and that's because we have such a good relationship with them so okay so Scott became a director at some point we're gonna I'm gonna breeze through this really quick but you became a director in
2: 2018 okay um 17 Scott had to be 17. 17. Okay.
0: And so, uh, directors in our firm, and I'm not sure if it's like this everywhere, but whenever somebody is promoted to director, they are on a path to partnership. And um, so, we promoted Scott, and then, yeah, because that must have been the year after I became a partner. So, uh, then you were promoted to partner in 2020. 19, 19. 19. Sorry. All these years are running together. Yeah. So, now Scott and I are business partners. Yes. Probably think more like than some of our other partners, um, but we have worked together for a long time. So let's talk about your personal life. Okay. Okay. So you just got married in January. In January, and how did you and Morgan, your wife,
2: meet? St. Patrick's Day, I, I uh, at the bar at Uncle Earl's, which is everybody's favorite St. Patrick's Day spot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I joke with her and tell her all the time she was she was with a group of several other friends. I joke with her all the time and say that I was actually um, at the bar talking with one of her friends, and, and that was that was my interest in buying a round of shots for her and her friends was her friend, not her. But i you know, <laughs> the, the truth of that is, is still remains uh, to be seen. But uh, we met at the bar at Uncle Earl's at Saint on Saint Patrick's Day.
0: Okay. And y'all dated for how long before you popped to the question?
2: We dated for that. So we met in, I would say, March of 2015. And then I proposed to her in August of 2019. So almost four and a half years. Yeah.
0: Okay. And... Now, I think the most exciting news, I mean, getting married is exciting. We're very excited for Scott. But what's the most exciting news? The most, the current exciting we news? We are
2: expecting our first child in October. Um, it is a boy we recently found out. I think everybody here at the office knows that. Um, so, yeah, we're really excited. Yesterday was obviously fun. You know, she uh, got some... Father's Day to be gifts for me, you know, some uh, matching outfits for father, son, and, and that kind of stuff. All, all of the cheesy stuff. Those of you that know Morgan, my wife, she loves she loves cheesy things and romantic things. So She, she is was, a romantic. She's, she, she's yes, a romantic. She absolutely is. So, you know, she loves all of the cheesy father, son matching outfits and that kind of stuff. So it was fun yesterday.
0: Yeah, that is exciting. So, um... We're excited for Scott, and we get another Falcon Winkler baby. We're excited for Morgan, and Morgan is, she's not, she has a different role, right?
2: Yes, she's the dean of dean of students now okay. at Ryan Elementary.
0: And she was teaching what grade?
2: She had bounced around, so I think she started in kindergarten, then went to first grade, then went to third grade. And I think she was in third grade whenever she moved. I can't remember if she went back to first. I think she was in third for the last Two or three years. So she's done kindergarten first and third.
0: So I feel like Morgan, you know, as an ex-teacher, I feel like Morgan loved teaching.
2: She did. I mean, it was stressful. She still does. Yeah. I I think she she loves the kids. I was actually worried whenever she took on her new role that, you know, she's not going to be in the classroom and interacting with the kids. But I think she still gets to do a lot of that, but doesn't have the grading paper and lesson planning responsibility Mm -hmm. that she once had. So I know she's enjoyed that a lot. I know you you mentioned whenever you were studying for the exam, Patrick would be like, when are we going to get you back? I would actually have some of that with her, that the obligation for teachers to do lesson plans and grades, I mean, she was working probably in some cases 50, 55 hours a week. So people say, you know, teachers, it's an eight to three job and off on summers, but it's really not the case. Uh, whenever you, you put the effort forth that she was.
0: Yeah, and I mean, in certain schools, and I think certain districts require certain things out of their... T- I can't say... I'm in a loss for words, so I keep using the word thing. But lesson plans, I mean, I didn't really have to do that. You know, I was in a, a private high school teaching two preps. You mm-hmm. know, I wasn't teaching six preps. I wasn't teaching six different subjects. And so, yeah, it's very time-consuming, especially... When I was student teaching, you have to submit all of those. I'm not really sure who looks at them, but I know you have to submit them. And I think then they might go to the school district at something. There's some sort of process, and it's very time-consuming. And I think that if teachers could teach all day and not have to do some of those other things, requirements outside or even teach all day. And maybe if they like to coach or teach all day and they wanted to run book club or something like that, you know, it's, it's that, it's all of that paperwork and grading papers is no fun.
2: Yes. No fun. Exactly. I'm
0: not going to lie. It's not fun. Yeah. And
2: Morgan's the type of person, she doesn't do anything halfway, you know, when she gets into something she's into it 120%. So you know, in some in, in some cases, she probably went above and beyond because she said, "just knowing knowing it's done and that she's well prepared," you know, made her sleep better at night. So while while I may not have to do this, I'll feel much better about myself and the way I'm going into the week if I do it. So yeah, and it's
0: different. That. I would have to say it's different teaching younger age uh, students. I could, in full disclosure, so I think I have some students that do listen to this. There would be days that I would just wing it because it was two, maybe two math topics that I was trying to teach, like quadratic formula and then sine and cosine or something like that, you know, and I could do those in my sleep, but I didn't have to enter, I didn't also have to provide a lot of entertainment to the high school students.
2: Correct, yes, and that's, that's where I tell her I could not teach. I could not teach kindergartens, first graders, third graders, high schoolers. I could, I could probably teach them. But she would invite me and ask me to go up to the school for, you know, whether it be Christmas programs or whatever plays that the students were putting on and the, the noise and the, at the, her maiden name is Clean Scales, Miss Clean Scales, Miss I would have a headache within five minutes. I, I got to get out of here, you know, got to get back to the office. And she would say, you know, you, you don't want to watch. It's like, I do. It's just so loud. I don't know. I don't know how you tolerate it all day. And she's like, well, I'm just used to it. But I'm like, now I see why you come home and you're like, oh my God, I have the headache. Don't talk to me. What we do, we're kind of quiet. So I'll get home in the evenings. I'm ready to talk and hang out and have a bunch of conversations. Well, she's been yelled at for all all day. So she's like, will you just be quiet and let me have some quiet time watching TV? (laughs) So that's a little bit tough as well. When one person sits quiet all day and the other... You're not quiet all day. Well, I'm not constantly talking all day, yeah. every day.
0: I used Whenever I was teaching, so, you know, you'd have your summer break, and then you would have to get back into the routine again, which I always said, I'd almost rather just teach year-round, so I never got out of the routine. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd get back into your routine, and literally every year, after that first week, my voice would start to go out, because I was not used to having to talk all day and so the other thing about teachers and i think it's just you know now that i'm in a different profession you can it's easy to lose sight of it or not even think about it if you've never taught if that bell rings at seven fifteen in the morning that's the first bell and your first period starts at 720 you better be ready to basically perform at 720 in the morning You know, I mean, and you have to make sure that the kids are energized and stuff like that. And so are are paying attention. And again, mine was different, right? I'm teaching seniors in high school. They're trying to get a good score on the ACT to get to college. So I didn't have to, I didn't have to do anything creative. It was like, this is what you need to know. This is how you need to practice. Let's go over that, you know, so. But I'm also not creative and I don't, I mean, I like, I like little kids, but to a certain extent.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Having, Having
0: like 25 of them in a room, whoa.
2: Yeah, no, I think you raise a good point. I mean, whenever you have kindergartners, first graders, third graders, young young kids who are relying on you for the guidance, you know, you can't just have an off day or say, oh, I'm sleepy today. I don't really feel like dealing with it, which is probably why she would fill up a 32-ounce Yeti full of coffee before she left the house every morning to try to be ready to perform Mm -hmm. at 730 or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, it was was exhausting, but it's also very rewarding. And I can tell you that I see some of my students now, you know, and they're, grown and you know it'll take a while for Morgan since her's were younger but they're grown we've had we've had one on the podcast they have opened their own business or they have four kids you know and it's just like you know that's really makes you makes you really proud of them so okay so that being said what is your favorite hobby?
2: Golf. Yes. Without a doubt.
0: (laughs) And I would say Scott you're probably pretty good at
2: golf. I'm better than the average amateur golfer. I am.
0: Did you ever take lessons?
2: Yes, I did. I probably took lessons once to twice a month from eighth grade through my senior year of high school. So I, I did take lessons regularly.
0: Did you play on the golf team in high school? I did. Patrick did too.
2: I did. I I, I played, I was obsessed with sports as a kid. I played football until I was in fifth grade. Morgan's family laughs at me like, there's no way you could ever be a football player. I was like, yeah, I did until I was in fifth grade and I broke my femur so I never played again. After that, Mm -hmm. I just played baseball and basketball and then uh, freshman year, I quit all of the other sports and just played golf the rest of high school. So I played golf pretty seriously throughout high school and it's still my favorite hobby to this day. I play, I try to play at least once a week. Yeah, I don't think. It doesn't always work.
1: Maggie, weren't you getting into golf for a while? Or was it tennis? Was a- a bro? Aaron's getting into golf. I want to be a tennis player. Golf is way too
2: hard. Well, Morgan would, Morgan's looking for tennis partners. She says she wants to be, she wants to get into tennis, but you can't go play tennis by yourself. She's just like, I need tennis friends. Right.
1: I
0: played tennis in high school. Really? And my dad and I played in, we played tournaments in college. I mean, I wasn't like, you know, a 4.0 or anything, but I could go hold my own. Me and Maggie are going to go do that one
1: day. I've never actually had tennis lessons, but I know the game and I'm, I mean, I can volley with you. Yeah. Got to
2: start somewhere. I've tried tennis once. I wasn't very good. Patrick. Patrick. I couldn't get the enough top spin Slice, to get yeah. it over the net and not. And, and keep it inbound.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, Patrick and I went out one time. This was, I mean, good God. I don't even know if we were married. And he just got very aggravated very quickly at himself. So, that was the end of that. So, okay, Maggie, do you have any questions for Scott? Since he's, you know, one of your bosses. Um, You've been very quiet this podcast. Well,
1: I'm learning a lot about Scott. Because, I mean, I'm seeing him in the office every day. But I didn't know all this um, all this other stuff about him. Um What are you most excited about for October? Like, welcoming baby boy. Not a deadline, Scott.
2: Not a deadline. No, I thought that's what you are talking about. I told, I mean, we were both really excited that it was a boy. And I know whenever you have a child, you know, number one is healthy child. Number two, though, we we both wanted a boy because when I was growing up, my dad, again, I was obsessed with sports. So, like, my dad coaching me t-ball, basketball playing golf, like all of that, that's something my dad and I did together from the time I was very young. So finding out, out it was a boy and knowing I would have that, and, and not to say that you can't do that with a girl, but I, I feel like most girls, once they hit, you, you know, they're always daddy's little girl, but once they hit high school, a lot of them lose interest in sports and it's dance and cheerleading and it's all of that to where the boy, I feel like baseball, basketball, golf, just being able to coach and do that kind of stuff with a son is what I'm really excited about. Mm -hmm.
0: But I still think the daddy, the dad daughter relationship is something very special. Yes.
2: And my older brother has that. He has a four year old daughter, my niece. um, And, and they have that and it's, it's, it's absolutely special and it's, it's probably certainly different than, than what I'll have. I guess what I'm not as much looking forward to is I hear about the lack of sleep, I already don't sleep that well at night, so we'll see how that goes. But
0: well, I feel like Morgan's going to have this baby on a routine.
2: I hope she does. I think she will. With and, and will.
0: by Morgan, I mean y'all. Y'all will have the baby on the routine. Yes. the classic. It's all Morgan.
2: Yeah, but. yeah. No, I'll, I'll be involved, and I'll be, I'll be telling Morgan. That I I think so. Morgan, Morgan acts like she's a really strict. She's going to be a really strict parent and know this is the routine, and we're not breaking routine. But she also said that about our dog, and our dog gets to do whatever he wants, whenever he wants to do it. Uh, Last night, we had to leave the house at 7.30 to get the dog an ice cream cone because he was sad that his cousin dog had left the house. So it's like... You don't act like this tough parent yeah. whenever we're driving through McDonald's to get the dog an ice cream cone And at again, no.
0: her and Patrick are exactly alike. Because I'm like, I, Patrick's like, why does Tucker listen to you? Like, I'll be like, Tucker, sit. And he just sits. Or if he comes in and he's wet from being outside, he stands on the towel mm-hmm. and he just looks at me until I dry him off. When Patrick brings him in, he just jumps all over Patrick. And I'm like, well, you know, we were at the river this weekend and Tucker likes to jump on the bed. And I'm not a big fan of that because it's a queen size bed and the dog's like laid out, you know. When I tell him to get off the bed, he does not get back on the bed. Patrick tells him to get off, he gets off and then he jumps right 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 back on. He jumps right back
2: on. So So her disciplinary skills, we'll we'll see. Like I say, she was a lot of talk with the dog that is, is not true anymore.
1: Yeah. So cute, though. I mean, how could you? How could you say no to Saint? Oh no, he is cute.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, Scott should have. We should have told the story about your uh, your neighbor um, debacle and like picking up.
1: You know what I'm talking about?
0: Where like the neighbor looked at you funny, and you were going to go confront him because you were walking Saint. Oh
2: yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The neighbor thought that I didn't pick up after my dog on a walk in the neighborhood when, in fact, I did. Oh, that, what, they apologized later the next day. They said, look, I shouldn't have wrongfully accused you. I said, it's okay. You should just be sure before you call somebody on." that. And time. there goes
0: the attorney and Scott. That's fine, but I'm just going to tell you what you need to do next time, buddy. <laughs> um, all right, so we're going to wrap up with some questions. So instead of either or, which is what I'm... Have you ever listened to an episode?
2: I have not. Uh, I'll admit that I have not. But I do like all of the posts. Uh, I'll listen to the snips that y'all do in accordance with the post. I, but it's nothing against this podcast. I just don't listen to podcasts in general.
0: I know, but you should, and you should listen to ours.
2: I will. I will.
0: <laughs> All right. So, what? Would, what's your favorite color?
2: Blue. I guess
0: <laughs> that's actually my favorite color. All right. What's your favorite season? Fall. Oh, I cast that one. Favorite vacation you've ever been on?
2: Our honeymoon in Antigua in January. It was, it was awesome.
0: What was awesome about it? Because I feel like whenever I go to a resort like that, I'm like, yeah, this is nice. I just don't, I
2: don't know. What was nice at that, this particular place, it was very small. So the entire resort only had 42 rooms and they were all private sort of villas, like on the edge of a, on the edge of a cliff with their own plunge pool. So it already had a sense of, uh, it was already kind of secluded. It wasn't like a big high rise. And then with COVID and the lack of travel, I think they said it was only half full. Mm. So there was only 21 couples there at the entire resort. So it was just very relaxed. It wasn't crowded. You kind of felt like it was, you, you almost had the whole resort to yourself. And the food was better than most resort food that I've been to. So and that's what I liked. it what night. was the Come weather day. like in January? It was mid eighties and humid during the day. So. Felt like a Louisiana summer day, maybe not quite as hot. So you still wanted to get in the water, but at night it got to, you know, mid to high 60s, which was really nice and pleasant
0: yeah that is nice that is nice i mean i never i don't ever mind it really being hot during the day when i go on a you know something caribbean or beachy type vacation because you're in your bathing suit i don't really feel like continuing to sweat at night exactly and and a lot
2: of those resorts they have the open air dining and no and you can't escape the heat so this place it was cool at night and the rooms had their own individual ac units so you could crank it down nice and cold so you could get away from the heat yeah Nice. speaking
0: of um the sun is now out for anyone that's just curious so within an hour we had a thunderstorm that it looked black and now it's sunny so you know typical okay um your favorite brother
2: oh you can't <laughs> say that <laughs> <laughs> equal equal i'm not even gonna do that No, you? i mean in the in, in the off chance one of them listens to this i certainly
0: uh i'm just picking on you it's fun
2: now more convenient more convenient brother, my younger brother moved to North Carolina a couple of years ago. And my older brother only lives about three minutes down the street for me and Morgan calls him a Boy Scout. He's very handy. So he's more convenient in that when something goes wrong at my house, he's only three minutes away and I can call him. Or well, I don't have that with the younger brother that lives in North Carolina. So he's certainly the uh the brother that I take more advantage of,
0: but y'all've always been close. Yeah. Y'all've been a pretty close knit sibling. Crew. Yeah, we yeah. we all lived
2: together. Yeah, we all lived together during college for five or six years.
0: Yeah, my sister and I think are just I don't want to say closer than my brother, but we're closer in age. And mm. now we do live like three blocks apart, you know. And she's got her two kids. Okay, so then last question is, what is your favorite cocktail?
2: Scotch, yeah. single malt Scotch is is my definitely my favorite though. I would say I, w- I don't drink it during the daytime, so if it's really hot or if it's during the day, vodka. I like how we... With <laughs> any juice or, you know, now all the seltzers are pretty good options as well when it's hot during the day, but not much of a beer guy, more of a, a vodka and, and
0: And this is how you know that Scott is a drink. fun CPA. He just delineated between what is his favorite nighttime drink versus exactly. what is his favorite because you got to be careful. I mean, I'm I'm the same way. Do you like scotch,
1: Maggie? I don't even know what that
0: is. So I feel like, so I've tried scotch because David Winkler also was a big scotch person. He was. And so every once in a while, this is going to make everybody go, what? So I think
1: we would have, I mean, is that what they have on TV shows Yeah, the bottle? like That
2: or that's bourbon. That's what the fancy attorneys on the cool yeah. movies. That, that that's or bourbon. And they and drink it like it flowing. doesn't hurt.
0: But exactly. there was a couple of times, and I'm not exactly sure why, there was only like a handful of people people here in the afternoon. It might have been a Friday or something. This was when David was still here, and he would bust open his scotch, and like we'd all taste it. And I felt like it made my lips go numb.
2: A lot of people say that. It's an acquired taste. Okay. It's an acquired oh. taste. Also, I don't know if you had it. I drink it on not a lot of ice, but just a little bit of ice because it, it makes it not quite as harsh.
0: Okay. Well, I don't remember how I was drinking it. I think I was just going with it. Drinking it, it neat? It Probably. I, don't it, it. David, I think That's we were tasting it, us, but I was like, mm, this makes my lips feel numb. So, anyway. All right. Scott. Thanks for being here.
2: Thank you for having me. And, uh, I enjoyed it. I
0: can tell the audience how to get in touch with you, and that is to go to our website, and you could probably, hopefully just Google Falken Winkler Baton Rouge, and our website should pull up. Thanks to Lainey. <laughs> Thanks to Lainey. Pop it up in the background. So, Maggie, do you have anything that makes you happy?
1: Things that make us happy. Oh, gosh. These Mondays are hard.
0: It really is tough. You know what really does make me happy? When the, when the weathermen are wrong. And you end up having a beautiful weekend.
2: Yes, Morgan was excited about the incoming tropical storm because she thought that meant no golf for me this weekend, and I would be home. And I said, told her on <laughs> Thursday, I said, looks like we're going to get some golf in this weekend. And sure enough, it was a beautiful Saturday, and we're looking around like so much for the twenty inches of rain and tropical storm. But
0: Thank goodness. I think good if you, around. I think Alabama probably
2: they got it worse. Got it there. worse.
0: I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't we're not trying to minimize the the impact of it it's just like you know last Tuesday you know you start to get alerts and people are kind of like oh yeah this tropical storm I'm like I am not even going to look at this till Thursday or Friday because Mm -hmm. like Friday it's like oh looks like Claudette's kicking east minimal impact for Baton Rouge
1: and it's like three days earlier they were like okay we're in like the medium risk zone you know and Jeez. Even, like, right when it's happening. I feel like you don't even know if that's going to be right. No. And sometimes it's worse than what they say, and sometimes it's for the best. So, So things that make me happy, we're going to Chicago. That's right. Book the the trip. trip. Ready to to get on a plane and, and go watch the Cubs play. So, I'm excited about that.
0: Yes and take a break for me because you're with me literally all day today <laughs> literally all day today. at the hit Maggie is with me because we have we have a lot of prospect meetings. Speaking of attorneys, I gotta go do a sales pitch to a group of attorneys. Where I always feel like I might be cross-examined, so we'll see how this goes today. Yes,
2: exactly. So you'll have somebody to go toe-to-toe with you on whether or not you're right.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly. So, I mean, typically if they're a potential client, they are right, and I just smile and nod. But anyway, thanks again, Scott. He is the um, second Louisiana lad that we've had from the firm.
2: Thank you for having me,
0: and probably the only partner that will come on the Louisiana Ladies podcast. No, I
2: think you can get the other ones.
0: Um, We'll see about that. So anyway, uh, hope everybody has a great week, and we will see you next time.